good day. Let's spend some time together in the Word of God. So our readings for today, um, I've joggled around a bit. I thought we'd start with the psalm from now on. So we start with worship, and we've got the wonderful Psalm 23, which I'm going to read in the authorised King James Version, because many of us may have grown up with this version. A psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. A couple of Bible notes there. I looked into the Hebrew for rod and staff. And um, staff is a staff, but the rod is very interesting. So it says rod, staff, a stick used to assist in walking, discipline and guidance. Often highly individualised and used for identification. So when it's used of royalty, it becomes a scepter. So I think that's worth a lot more study. Our main Old Testament reading today is Joshua 17. And I'm not going to read it to you. It's very much about taking the land. But let's lift the thought. It's, it's more on the need to possess the territory that has given us God's promised land. So consider this violent capture of the land of promise as compared with the enigmatic Matthew 11, verse 12, which says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. So do we need to struggle to enter into God's promise? I think we do. It's interesting. Blessings we work for are often more highly prized. Mark 7, lots of words in red. Jesus' direct language as recorded in the gospel. So he was having a go at the Pharisees again. He said, this people honours me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, but they worship me in vain, teaching as doctrines the commands of men. That's Isaiah 29, 13, being directly quoted by Jesus there. Full well do you reject the commandment of God, that you may keep your tradition, making void the word of God by your tradition, which you have handed down. So Jesus is very strong on challenging traditions that may not reflect the will of God. I'd like to tell you a little story here. There's a wonderful story of a young couple, and um, when it was the lady's turn to cook, she cooked this, like, meatloaf thing, which had been passed down as a recipe through the generations. And the husband was learning how to cook it as well. Noticed that his wife cut the ends off the joint that she'd made. And he said, well, why you, do you do that? And she said, I don't know. We've always done that. So he said, well, let's ask your mum next time um, we see her. And they did. And she said, mum, when we make that special family loaf, meatloaf, um, why do we cut the ends off? And the mum said, I don't know. Uh, your gran taught me to do it that way. 
And so they said, let's ask Gran. And they went to see Gran. And they said, Gran, why do you cut the ends off the loaf? And she said, that's the only way I could get it in the baking tin, dear. So there was a tradition passed down from generation to generation that had lost its roots. And um, quite funny, really, lost its value. And Jesus is very, very strong on challenging our traditions, not rejecting our traditions, but mindfully celebrating the right traditions and moving on from traditions that uh, no longer serve us. The last bit from Mark today that I'd like to share. Jesus was very cross about the Pharisees' habits of cleaning cups and washing and all this sort of stuff when they criticised his disciples for not washing. And he explained privately to his disciples that that which proceeds out of the man, that defiles the man. For from within, out of the hearts of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, sexual sins, murders, thefts, covetings, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride and foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. So I'm reminded of the verse that says, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. Guard your heart, folks. 1 Corinthians 4, we've got two in our New Testament readings. And uh, here's some verses from that wonderful chapter. Paul says, Therefore judge nothing before the time, until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness, and reveal the counsels of the hearts. Then each man will get his praise from God. In another part he says, For who makes you different? And what do you have that you didn't receive? But if you did receive it, why do you boast? As if you had not received it. So this theme of humility is really, really central to the scriptures. And pride is deadly. Arrogance is obnoxious. Paul also says, I don't write these things to shame you, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have 10,000 tutors in Christ, you don't have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the good news. I beg you, therefore, be imitators of me. That's imitating Paul as a child would imitate its parents. I I love Paul's boldness to realise that he is a good example to follow. And that's not boasting. That's being a living epistle, isn't it? It's walking the talk. And there's a really important theme there because I think in Western culture, we've lost our way as men. Um, I don't think we have many good father figures, perhaps even not many good mother figures. And one of the great roles of more mature people in the church is to be fathers and mothers. And I conclude my readings from 1 Corinthians 4. For God's kingdom is not in word, but in power. What do you want? Shall I come to you with a rod, or in love, and a spirit of gentleness? And I just thought thought I'd pick that up, because we've got a rod there, as in Psalm 23. Shall I come to you with a rod, and he means a rod of discipline, or in love and a spirit of gentleness? Interestingly, in Psalm 23... The sheep says to the shepherd, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So I'll leave you to meditate on that one. And we'll conclude with wisdom each day now. Proverbs 20 today. Here are some of the verses. It is an honour for a man to keep aloof from strife. But every fool will be quarrelling. 
the sluggard will not plough by reason of the winter. Therefore, he shall beg in harvest and have nothing. So the sluggard, the laziness that we can so easily become prone to, uh, was always making excuses. Oh, I can't plough today because it's the winter. And then Paul says to Timothy, doesn't he? Sow the word in season and out of season. In fact, I'll quote directly, preach the word. Be urgent in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke and exhort with all patience and teaching. And I think we, we sometimes shrink back in nice churches from the fullness of the, of the counsel of God. And in the New Testament, there's a lot of discipline that goes on. There's a lot of reproving and rebuking in the church. That was 2 Timothy 4 verse 2. Here's another proverb from Proverbs 20. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. And it's interesting that the true meaning of education is to draw out. Draw something out of someone. That's what a good tutor does. By God's grace, you have all the resources you need within you. And it often takes the gifts of the ministries uh, to release the answer that's already within you. After all, the kingdom is within you. And so is the Holy Ghost. Education comes from the Latin meaning led out. And uh, we get the word adduce as well. Would you like some more? I'm sure you would. A righteous man walks in integrity. Blessed are his children after him. Thus, living a godly life is a legacy investment for the generation that follows. Don't love sleep, lest you come to poverty. Open your eyes, and you shall be satisfied with bread. Ah, the Protestant work ethic. There is gold and abundance of rubies, but the lips of knowledge are a rare jewel. He who goes about as a tale-bearer reveals secrets. Therefore, don't keep company with him who opens wide his lips. God is no fan of gossip or gossips. It is a snare to a man to make a rash dedication, then later to consider his vows. I was thinking how much better then to have the integrity to swear to your own hurt and and yet do not change. And that comes from Psalm 15 verse 4 that says, He who keeps an oath even when it hurts and doesn't change. That's the kind of integrity God looks for in those who come into his sanctuary. The spirit of man is Yahweh's lamp, searching all his innermost parts. Hence the central importance of these daily quiet times, to give your spirit space to carry out the work of sanctification in harmony with the Holy Spirit. And the last one today, with a, a wink in my eye, Wounding blows cleanse away evil, and beatings purge the innermost parts. Well, that's in the Bible, and it's a thought, isn't it? 